Thumbs up for another episode of the Guardians of the Future podcast, or thumbs down if you don't like us, but you're listening, so that means you chose to come here. So we're going to assume you like us. Even if you don't like us, thanks for listening. I'm Justin Latta, joined by Willie Hood and Joe Koblitz. Willie, good to hear you back again. How you doing? Justin, good to be back. Love talking baseball with you. Good. We had a technical difficulty a little bit ago, so nobody could hear all those terrible things Joe was saying about us. Joe? Welcome back. It's okay. I'll repeat them. You have to stick around <laughs> for the whole episode, though. Yeah. Joe will say all the terrible things. We were trying to record a few minutes ago, and my audio went haywire, and, and Joe just decided to drop all these F-bombs about me. So if you listen to the end of the podcast, Joe will tell you all the terrible things that he thinks about me. That's your reward for listening to an hour of baseball talk. Um, it's on the yeah, Patreon. Yeah, we got a lot to- <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the Patreon. Yes. That's where we'll put all that stuff. The stuff that's uh, not suitable for work content. Where should we start, guys? Do you want to start with questions, or do you want to start with some headlines? Where should we go? Now you got to leave the questions for the end to keep the people listening. That's true. That's a good point. Okay. Let's start with the headlines, then. Uh, James Karinczak sent back to AAA. Uh he hasn't been good for a while now, and I have no idea what he's going to gain by going back to AAA other than trying to figure out how to pitch without sticky stuff until they allow some sort of sticky stuff to be legal next year. But with that in mind, uh, right away, Joe, you and I talked about this a little bit last week about relief options. The bullpen, to me, is kind of in tatters right now. You have Manuel Classe and a bunch of dudes you don't really know much about. Are there any guys that you see, and this might be a repeat again from last week, Joe, are you any guys that you see could compete for a bullpen role next year to try to solidify this thing at some point? Now, how about I change it up completely and say Cody Morris would be maybe interesting, a guy who can come out there and throw flames for a couple, three innings maybe? I'm all over that as a reliever. I like him as a starter, but I'm all over that as a reliever. Yeah, I just wonder, like, if you – if you're going to be de- desperately in and there's no other options like available right now, I mean, he's pretty close to coming up this year if they wanted him to. So I, I think that I, I love working a guy into the big league club through the bullpen. I, I think that's a very effective way to get a rookie up and let him face some major league hitting in non pivotal situations. Don't send him out there and be like, you have to go five innings every time. Just give him a shot to kind of get his uh, dip a toe in the major league waters. That makes a ton of sense because, you know, what they're limiting his outings to four innings anyway, and they have to add him to the 40-man roster this winter as it is. So why not just go for it right now? Um, anybody else, Willie, besides – I mean, I don't think there's any reason not to give guys like Francisco Perez or Anthony Goes another go-around in the majors, Willie. Is there anybody else – either now or for 2022 that you like that we can try to put together a bullpen that's does not going to fall apart in the second half of the season. Well, you and I have beat this one into the Carlos Vargas making a trip and it would be seamless. And uh, I think he would be tremendous out of the bullpen, assuming he gets back healthy next year. Uh, Nick Miklo 
I don't even know how you say the last name. Miko. <laughs> um, <laughs> Big Miko. We'll, we'll say that. Miko has been off, awesome in Akron. And, um, you know, he, he's another year from being added to the 40-man or another year from being required to add him to the 40-man roster. So he could be a mid-season next year. In the short term, I look at somebody like an Adam Scott. You know, he has to be roster. He has to be in the role five. Why not left-hander? We have a ton of left-handers, and it's like a grab bag. None of them really stand out except for maybe you could say Logan S. Allen, if you believe what he did today was real. Um, about that even. But um, was the one that really stands out to me is somebody that could impact the bullpen next season. Obviously, Cody Morris, you and I also talked about that. And I said Cody Morris, future close for the tribe. Uh, I guess I should say the Guardians. Um <laughs> He could be back arm out of the bullpen, and it really is going to come down to who rolls next season. And with several guys, and some of them probably out of here, uh, it's really hard to predict who they want or who they want to move on from right now. Um, but I definitely like Miko, and maybe they fast left for a uh, Casey in the bullpen next season. I, I wouldn't mind that. I, would be hurtful, especially with the depth of arms that this. Doug Necrazy would be lots of fun out of the bullpen. He already has the antics of a reliever, so I am definitely here for that. Yeah, Cody Morris would be an interesting one. I I really am disappointed that Carlos Vargas got hurt this year because I I thought for sure he was the relief option this year because he's got two above average pitches already and. Uh, a third one that's not far behind and they could have fast tracked him, but now he's missing an option year. So they could put him in the bullpen. Extra Mika logic. I mean, not to read in two games, but he gave up um, a game tying Homer to Somerset earlier this week. And then yesterday he gave up a game tying Homer and the go ahead Homer yesterday. So it has not been a great week for um, big Nick down in Akron or over New Jersey, I guess. I don't know. So next year you have <clears throat> Emmanuel Classe. I'm sure I'm assuming James Karen Shack will be back. They'll have to figure out something to do with him. Nick Sandlin will hopefully be healthy. Trevor Steffen maybe is still around. Maybe he's in AAA. I'm not sure. He's been good enough to, to hang around. And then you've got, you know, J.C. Mejia and Sam Henches and Logan Allen and uh, Justin Pretend. Garza. I don't know. There's, yeah, a bunch of random names. I'm with you on Adam Scott. I think you put Adam Scott out there because he's got to be added to the 40 and you don't really have a rotation spot for him. The Columbus rotation is going to be loaded. Who's that? Pilkington too. He, he has to be added to the 40, but maybe as a depth on uh, in triple a next season, but definitely somebody I'd give a run in the bullpen. I'm with uh, what Joe said earlier. I love the idea of bringing up and making them pitch out of the pen that first half a season or so. Uh, something the St. Louis Cardinals do every year with their, and it's something that I've always thought is a good way to break them in, make them come in in, in those situations and get in a year or two. Maybe a guy like uh, Peyton Battenfield can come in. And similar stuff as far as fast down to Karen Chat. Maybe he ends up being a better long term. <laughs> Not that I'm done with the game. With- 
now, but <laughs> things are looking south for him. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really surprised. It's just been a weird fall for him. But there's definitely options. The problem is there's just so many guys that they have all this pitching depth, and and they're not going to have enough starts at Columbus for all these guys. Like next year's Columbus rotation could literally be Logan T. Allen, Adam Scott, Peyton Battenfield, Connor Pilkington, Juan Hillman if he still wants to stick around. I think he's a minor league free agent. Um, Eli Morgan is going to be down there, and then you have all those other guys like. There just might not be a lot of room for all these guys. At some point, you've got to put some of them in the bullpen or, or trade them. And I don't know. The pro- other problem is, too, you can't have a bullpen full of rookies either. You know, like Class A is a, is a stalwart for you. And then after that, it's just kind of up in the air. Like, are you going to bring Brian Shaw back? Are you going to bring Blake Parker back? Like, you might, you might need to go out and get a veteran. But I think another trade has to be in the off. And you have to have somebody who's established out there. It's not only thought, but they have they have pieces and parts to work with. I just don't know how many they can really afford to shove into one bullpen without any major league experience. That's why we'll get uh, a return of Brian Shaw next year. I'm not hating it this year. Uh, it's good to have an experienced arm take the ball every single day. Um, <laughs> been rode in the ground too. You know that's part of it. And. <laughs> A Brian Shaw or Harper here in the bullpen. They definitely need to make an upgrade. I've talked a little bit about depth needed needed this offseason as well. They, they need to rest the bullpen. Definitely need a few a few arms to class A back there. Bring Cody out at it. He's the last one. Maybe someone someone's got to figure with him. He wants to come back. Someone's got to come back next year. I feel like every year we have this random ex Cleveland player that comes back for one last tour of duty. I don't know who it's going to be next year, but Cody Allen coming out of retirement seems like a good bet, as far as I can tell. I'm with Joe. I I would love to see Cody Morris. I I, I still I still think he can be a starter and he'd be a good one. But I'm with Joe. I think put him in the bullpen this year. Give him give him a little bit of run. He can be a depth option for you next year. And if you need to start them, stretch them back out. The stuff's too good not to have in the major leagues, no matter what. Andrew Miller. <clears throat> next year, there it is. Okay, okay. <laughs> he's got like a blister on every toe this year. I think he can't get okay, much more injured than he's already. We can bring back T.J. McFarland. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> let's 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 move on to catcher. Uh, Wilson Ramos is done for the year. Unfortunately, the Buffalo has a torn ACL and a sprained MCL. This is his second ACL tear, or a seal tear, as they would say. And that's in some movie. I think it's the one of those weird spoof teen movies. It's the the running back. He goes, "My name's a seal tear, sir." As ACL tear, it's a seal. Nobody get nobody seen that movie. No, Just me. No. Good. Good. Nobody gets my movie references. That's good. Um, yeah, so Wilson Ramos is done for the year. He's the second time he's torn his ACL. I am going to guess if they don't come outside of the organization to sign somebody, I don't know who's out there, truthfully. My only guess right now is Mike Rivera. Ryan LaVarnway has been hurt, so I don't know if he can come up. Uh, anybody got, Joe, you have a, a better option than Mike Rivera? 
No, that's. I was just looking in Lavarnway. I think he's listed as active, so I don't know if he could. He be hasn't hurt. played all week. He hasn't played all week. Yeah, because having a guy like that on the roster, it's like that's the reason he's there. Is if something like this happens, that you can just bring him right. up in a minute. Uh, so, I, I, I'm looking a little at Gavin Collins. His numbers are terrible for the year, but over the last two months, he's hit two thirty nine, three sixteen, four sixty three, with five home runs. So it's a little better, uh, a little uptick. He has played with the Clippers all season. He's been in the organization uh, long enough to switch positions six times. And like, I remember when we were doing our prospect rankings preseason, I think it was, he was just on the outside of top 70 for us. So like, he's still someone you're looking at a little bit, whereas we weren't even talking about Mike Rivera or Eric Rodriguez. And I think we still aren't. I I like Rivera more than I like Gavin Collins. I mean, like Gavin Collins probably hit a little bit better, but I, we know the Indians prefer defensive catchers, and Mike Rivera to me is a better defender. So that's why I'm. Yeah, that's true. If it's not if it's if it's not way, the only guy I can think of is Rivera. I I, I don't know who who is out there free agent wise, but if it's not Lavarnway, I can only guess. Rivera, Willie, do you have any other suggestions or do you like Collins more than Rivera? I mean, that's not really a big debate, I guess. So uh, another alternative would be trying to acquire someone trade today for cash. Maybe they can pick up in 24 hours in a cash deal that's playing in the minor league somewhere. I'm to you, somebody that I know to see leave um <laughs> i uh i wouldn't be far away it is not help i also threw out the idea of go ahead adding um lavastida because he's going to be needed he needs to be roster this offseason why not just go ahead and do it now and obviously, obviously he's going to be added to the 40-man roster in the offseason in my opinion so it may fast track him a little bit, but he's he's somebody that's made some leaps and bounds as far as his gains defensively, and he's always been a, a very solid offensive player. So maybe he is ready for that role. It, it would be a jump from Double A, but jump to Triple A next year, anyways. Why not? Why not go that route if we're talking a different route other than Lavarnway? Yeah, I mean. It would be a big jump for him to go from a high A this year to the major leagues. I know he's got to be added to the 40, and he will be added to the 40. Um, I don't know if you want to start his clock. I know they're going to have to make a decision this time next year anyway between him and Naylor as far as – I mean, they, I guess they can both be on the 40, but you're not going to have a ton of room for both of them, I suppose, because they both have big league futures. And... There's, there's a chance it's Rivera. I mean – We all know they like defenders back there, and he's exactly that. He's an excellent defender, a really good catcher. I just don't think he's ever going to hit above the Mendoza. No, I mean, we're talking about They've got a lot of those guys. (laughs) Yeah. The guy that's on the IL that would have played has not been near the Mendoza line in two years. Our starting catcher has not been. (laughs) Right. Tony Walters, by the way, is in the Dodgers system. He was he started the year with the Cubs, 
Cubs cut him loose, and now he's kind of hanging out in Oklahoma. So I want to make this he's on there. Yeah. I want to make Walter's show because I actually thought of a reference to him yesterday that I wanted to talk <laughs> to you about. Well, let's hear the reference. No, it's for later. Oh, for later. Okay, stick around. If, if we do Arizona League stuff, it's it's an Arizona League thing. Okay, it's an Arizona League thing. Okay, so I think I don't know. I'm going with Rivera. If they don't go outside the organization, I'm going with Rivera. That's, yeah, that's I, my I, guess. I really don't think you can jump La Vestida because to me, if you're going to jump a guy from, you know, that isn't quite major league ready, that's usually a sign that you've kind of given up on progressing that player. Uh, right. And so, like, to me, if you're going to do that, the best option, I think, and I'm trying to see if he's active right now, is John Paul Gonzalez, because he's been around forever. He's already a minor league free agent. He's leaving at the end of the season, almost certainly. You know, if you just need a human being up there who can cover the spot, just... And play once a know, week. Yeah, just just throw GPG in it and, and give him a shot, let him play for a little bit, and then release him at the end of the season. I mean, he's not... He doesn't really have big league aspirations at this point, I don't think, but it'd be kind of cool to give him a taste. Put Yu Chang back there. He was their emergency catcher earlier in the year. Well, what happened to Rene Rivera? Remember they cut him earlier in the year when Perez came back? Did anybody pick Rene Rivera up? I mean, you're, you're asking the questions maybe. you should know the answers to already. <laughs> I don't know all the answers. Why would people think I don't know all the answers? Come on, Dustin, uh, you act like you work a full time job. I yeah, this is all I do is I look at fan graphs all day and see who's who's out there on teams. He played four games for the Nationals, but uh, he's oh. right now a free, he's a free agent. Well, there you go. There, there's your answer, Rene Rivera. Come back to Cleveland. That's that's the easy answer. It's going to be someone named Rivera. How about that? It's going to be Rene Rivera, Mike Rivera. It'll be a catcher named Rivera. It's a little, I mean, I haven't even heard anything about Roberto Perez about whether or not he's been working. I know he's been working out, but no, nothing about a rehab. So I don't know. It sucks because I think – I thought that Wilson Ramos would be a guy that would be back next year as a, a backup catcher to Hedges if they don't bring Perez back, which I don't, I don't know if they will. But uh, now his career is definitely in doubt. He won't be back next year. So that's another 40-man spot that I guess is open hmm. if you want to look at it that way. He'll go on the 16. Yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, he'll come on the 16, and then this offseason he'll be released, and that'll be it. How about some good news in the injury department? Joey Cantillo has pitched two rehab games in Goodyear. Joe can confirm that Joey Cantillo does exist, and uh, he is back in Akron. So, all right, Joe, how did yeah, he, he looked really he good? Uh, yeah, he, he looked great, and I only saw his second start, which was the the, it wasn't a start, uh, his relief appearance, which was the longer of the two. Uh, he was essentially just out there striking everybody out. Uh, he has seven Ks in five innings here. It, it's nice to see that he is healthy and on the field. And I mean, I could tell just from that first inning, uh, he was already unhittable at this level, which isn't, he's 21. So, uh, you know, if you're a good 21 year old, you should be unhittable in Arizona. And it was pretty obvious he was ready to go up. My only question at the time was, do they want him to get back to like four innings per appearance? And the answer was no. So he looked like a guy who should be pitching in double A that was pitching against a bunch of teenagers. 
Yeah, it's the same thing when Morris was here, except they actually did have Morris go four innings. Uh, for a yeah, period. it seemed like it was very unfair to those hitters. Yeah, and I, they do this all the time. It's just, it's very regular. It even the guy who started that game gave up a home run, and it was to a double A guy too. So it was like <laughs> these guys just come in and beat up the kids and then leave. Well, I can take my uh, tweet deck column dedicated to Joey Cantillo away finally because I have I had a, a column, a search for him up all year, just waiting to see someone tweet about his health. So I'm glad he's back. Willie, I know you're excited to see him. I'm I'm just as excited to see him pitch. Posting us all year. <laughs> just hanging out. Joe said he looked good. I didn't know if he was referring to his tan, his hair, or what, you know? No, this, the the other guy looked good. Uh, oh, Aaron Davenport. That's who started. He looks good. Oh, okay. <laughs> Another phase. Two Hawaii, Hawaii guys. Yeah. Their their tans should already be good. I think. I don't know if Davenport's from Hawaii, but I know Cantillo is. So. Um, yeah, check out the pictures. I posted. I posted some pictures of of Davenport the other day. I don't know if I posted any of Cantillo. I think I did one. Why do? You- why do we have you there if you're not posting pictures of Joey Cantillo? Well, I got to put some on the site to be exclusive, you know. I get put, throw some freebies up on Twitter. You were just literally supposed to just follow Joey Cantillo around until he was healthy again. That was the whole... Yeah, I'm not going to do that. I think they disapprove <laughs> of that type of stuff now. Yeah, that's true. Walk, Joe. I'm, I'm just walking my dog. <laughs> I, I do every too, day. It's too, too hot for the dog. It's too hot for the dog now. Yeah, we go out at, at 7 in the morning because it's uh, 115 degrees right now. And that's exactly why Joey Cantillo wanted to hang around Arizona all year. He just wanted to see how hot it gets. That's why he wasn't at Akron all year. Um, is it dry heat or is it really humid? You know? <laughs> Does it really feel like it's just an oven? It's fine. <laughs> just come down here and hang out. <laughs> how how the ball carry? Uh, he's still – I still think he's a guaranteed 40-man ad this winter. Do you agree, Willie? There's no no questions, even though the injury? Even if he had missed the entire season, in my opinion. Too much upside. I'd have to agree. Joe, what did you think? Do you think there's – no matter what he would have happened this year, he would be added to the 40? Yeah, probably. It, it's tough to not break down the entire list. You know, and really, you know, go player by player who's going to be on it next year and who's can't and who they have to protect for, you know, minor league free agent reasons and who they have to protect for rule five reasons. There's so many different things. But, yeah, he would be. I, I have to imagine looking at this, I mean, there's easily, you know, 10 names you can knock off of here. Well, that fortunately for us, that is going to be an entire episode in a couple of weeks. That is okay. going to be. <laughs> a whole hour we're going to spend on roster building and how the next season's going to look. So stay tuned for that. Um, boy, I would – Akron's getting Aaron Savali in a, his last rehab start on Wednesday. That Akron rotation right now has Logan T. Allen, Adam Scott, Peyton Battenfield, Connor Pilkington, uh, no, Joey Cantillo, and Juan Hillman. First of all, that's one, two, three – that's five left-handers. I can't remember the last time Cleveland had, like, I don't know, two legitimate left-hand starting pitching prospects. They have five in one rotation. 
also kind of wonder if someone out of this group is going to triple A as well because they don't have room for all these guys unless they're just gonna Oh, I guess they do have a, they can go with the six fan rotation that is six. Well days, you just so. said I well they tra- traded Peacock and I haven't heard of a corresponding move since then, so that's a spot. Why didn't why didn't they get a catcher for him? Maybe they should have just traded him for a catcher. <laughs> Boy, that that's a good rotation though. I mean I, I can't think of uh I can't think of a better rotation in another system and at one level that's that good. Yeah, they could have left him down in Arizona for another couple of days to help uh, secure that non-existent playoff spot. Is there going to be playoffs down there that we know? No, I was informed that there are not going to be playoffs down there. Oh. They're well, just going to name – They are going to uh, they, They've developed some sort of tiebreaker system, and they're just going to name a champion based on the regular season record. That's boring. Like the, uh, the BCS. Boring. I, I loved the playoffs. I would, that was, uh, this year I've been on the road a few games, but that used to be the only time I would go on the road is to see him play in the playoffs. And I thought it was fun. Yeah, everything's on the line. It's not like it's a series. You're just playing one game, moving on to the next one. Well, at least not like college basketball where the regular season doesn't matter. The regular season now matters in Arizona. So, well, yeah, and it's pay attention funny. to they, Joe's reports. From yeah, the first playoff team was always the first half winner which is always funny because none of those guys were ever with the team at the end of the season. And this year is obviously extremely different because most of these guys are still around. Uh, they have been doing some promotions recently, but uh, for the most part, it's the same roster that we started the year out with. We lost uh, Cody Morris. They lost Adam Scott. They lost uh, Joey Cantillo <laughs> now. They lost Aaron Davenport. They lost Alaska Abney. Half their team is gone. I mean, the, the real ones, team. yeah, the real or ones hey, are Berger. like Berg- Burgos, Tolentino, and Davenport. Those other guys, you know. <laughs> Darn. Well, the only teams that are making the playoffs in the Indians minor league system are are for sure Akron. I mean, they're not for sure. They're in first place, but um, Lake County is like a game or two out, but it's getting kind of rough in Lake County. Their bullpen is it's pretty shaky these days. Uh, Nolan Jones, unfortunately, on Sunday got hurt. He slid into second base and left the game with a, a ankle injury, is what they're calling it, a left ankle sprain. Hopefully that's all it is, but I'm going to go ahead and guess that pretty much either if it doesn't end his season, it ends any sliver of a chance he had to make the Major League roster at this point this year. I don't know. He had a, he had a, a rough start to the year, but he had a good. He was having a good second half. I don't know. Maybe he'll play again, but I don't think we'll see him in Cleveland this year. Uh, Willie, where are you at on Nolan Jones now? I mean, do you think his year was kind of a disappointment? And um, I know he dropped from first to third in our overall rankings. Or I'm sorry, fourth. Um, where Where do you stand on Nolan Jones right now, Willie? You know, part of his positional value and not knowing his future position, um, I. Ultimately, a first baseman when all is said and done. Um, but is he going to provide enough power to be a first? I think so. His doubles power and the homers that he hits, and he'll taking walks, he'll be a most a player. Um, I think a little bit of the shine is wore off. That he steps to pull um, to strikeouts, walks a ton, as we know, pretty much what we know he is or what he was 
only his average has been a little bit lower than where I thought it would um, quite hit left-handers like would improve. All knocks on him, but I, I still think he's an everyday player when all is said and done. Yeah, I'm with you on that. He is an everyday player. I think Joe and I, you, you talk, we talked about it last week, just have no idea where he ends up playing because he was playing right field on Sunday for the first time in, I don't know, two weeks. But that's, he's been playing third base consistently, so I have no idea where his future is. I I think we mentioned last week, I, I suspect that there's a chance they could trade him. If they're not, if they're, if they're not comfortable putting him in right field, and they don't want to put him at first base. He's played first base like twice this year. And they're going to keep Jose Ramirez. I feel like that was a Twitter joke I made, but I might have said it on the podcast. But that's like the Francisco uh, Mejia treatment where they're like, we know he has the most value at catcher, but he has zero value to us as a catcher. So do we play him in right field or first base or third base or whatever? Or do we just keep him at catcher? And they did move him around a little bit, but ultimately he stayed at catcher. And, and, and that, yeah, and and that could be what they're doing with Jones is like his greatest value is at third base. So even though he has no value to the Indians or Guardians at first base or third base, uh, man, I'm just looking at his game by game. <laughs> it's third base, third base, third base. There's... Right, he just hasn't played anywhere else. Yeah, uh, and you and I have talked about that, you know, in in the messages on Twitter, and really. Maybe it's because we don't know what's going to happen with Jose. Um, I think that they're going to be aggressive and try to lock Jose up long-term, particularly with the possibilities of uh, new ownership. But the reality is that there could be a work stop season and that could really damage and hurt attendance. And it, depending on how long it lasts, what if he ends up getting traded, Jose that is, because – they don't get a lot of games in next year. And there's not a lot of revenue generated. Yeah, that's a, that's a big kick too, because they keep talking about how they keep telling writers who are covering the big league team that payroll is going to go up next year. And if that's true, Jose Ramirez has to be on this team next year. Like there's, you can't say the payroll is going to go up next year and then back it up by trading him. I don't think there's a way that both those things can happen. I guess they could, but I, I don't think, I don't think it's likely that both of those things happen, that the payroll goes up and Jose's traded. You know, I think, I think one has to be get the other. So let me, to me that let me says that Jose's here. Yeah. And the only way I see Jose out of here is if that sort of scenario happens and there's some lengthy type of work stoppage. Otherwise, for anyone on Twitter, I don't see Jose being traded. Don't ask me traded for because I don't think he is. Yeah, I have to agree. So that to me, that again, that says more, I think what Joe said about leaving Nolan Jones at his position because trade value-wise, he's more valuable third than he is anywhere else with the bat. And he ends up being traded and they have a, a you know a real plethora of infield options if they're going to keep Jose anyway. So they don't really need him. I, I still think his best home is first base, but I guess maybe they're keeping space open to see what Bobby Bradley can do. And ultimately, <clears throat> John Kenzie Noel, obviously, is they're the thinking long term. They're thinking you cannot 
you can't block first base because Jan Kenzie Noel is going to be there in a couple of years. They have to leave that open. He has looked good in Lake County. I will say he's looked very good. He's he's had some issues with uh, some pitch recognition with the breaking ball, and um, at times he looks like he wants to hit or swing and not hit. I guess is the right way to put it. He he goes out there looking to swing, not hit. But I don't know. He's young. He'll figure it out. <clears throat> not taking your bait. I was waiting. I gave not a pause taking. there. I was I was thinking. I'm done. Okay. We'll he's now. He's, he, he graduated <laughs> to you. You can have him now. Okay. I don't know what to do kids. with him yet. I don't know what to do with him yet. Maybe. Oh, so is your new guy, Junior San Quentin? Is that your new guy? Well, you know, it's funny. I just started plugging Jorge Burgos, and then they bumped him up, and then he hit four doubles and walked twice in a game. Yeah, that was, was fun. Like, well, I, guess, what, what it... I guess he's gone now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he can no longer be on your list anymore. Milan Tolentino. Uh, Petey Halpin's already been claimed by a bunch of people. I can't even get into that. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe, you know what? Coming up, Scaling it's Rodriguez is looking interesting. What's that, Willie? Three podcasts on Petey Halpin. Oh, there, there's going to be a whole offseason podcast on Petey Halpin. It's going to be a mess. Um, he had a good day yesterday, too. He had a, a double and a, a base hit and a walk. And I saw him run out of ground at a first base. I think he got down the line at like 405 or 410. Which is like seventy grade speed. That's fun, super fast. And then uh, Josh Wolf struck out nine yesterday. That was good. I haven't. Uh, he have not really been impressed with Josh Wolf this year, but the fastball had some good late life yesterday, and the slider looked good. And um, control was kind of shaky, but Andres Melendez did a good job framing. That was a good start. I, Josh Wolf has kind of fallen to the back of the, the conversation, but. Still a young kid, had a good start yesterday. Yeah, that, that was kind of funny with Lynchburg because they got whomped up. And then they won Saturday. It was just kind of whatever. And then Sunday they just had their best. So. They, they have been the most volatile series. team this year. They, they've, they've, they've gone between crushing teams. Like, remember that first week when they played Fredericksburg? They were like people oh, yeah. living crap out of Fredericksburg because Jan Kenzie Noel was destroying everything in sight. And then he got hurt. Uh, they lost Espino, they lost Curry to promotions, and they completely tanked, and they started getting roughed up every which way, and now they're back to crushing teams. I don't know. They're they're very volatile. So I guess that they're a young team, but their pitching's been ugly. But now they have Aaron Davenport, so maybe that'll be good. Well, yeah, and I think those uh, Tolentino and them, they'll, you know, it's good to get that young group up and mix them in with the guys who've been there the whole season. I'm trying to see. Uh, I thought somebody had asked about Gabriel Rodriguez. Yeah, he started out really hot and then took off in the middle, and it seems to be he's picking it up again. Uh, Who's that, yeah, Tolentino? No, 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 Gabriel Rodriguez. Oh, yeah, he's – you know, I his watched him yesterday. In- I watched that, that game, and it wasn't pretty. His, his numbers in August look much better than his, like, full-season numbers, but – He's, he's not hitting for as much power as I thought he would given watching his unofficial at-bats over the last couple of years. Yeah. He's – his swing's, like, okay. It's not like he's a mess with the swing. Like, he's not all over the place. But I get the sense that he is having a hard time picking up breaking stuff, and he just doesn't have a whole lot of uh, – um, 
plan at the plate as far as like what he's looking for. I think he just kind of goes up there looking to swing and doesn't really know a game plan. That's just what it looks like looking looking at ninety seven strikeouts and sixteen walks and yeah, his his strikeout rate games. looks like it it exploded compared to when I have previously seen him play. He's uh, yeah, and it, just needs another and maybe uh, a round of that that Gabriel Arias used while he was with the Padres. I hope Cleveland has invested in the same, same technology because it seems to have benefited Arias greatly. Yeah, he's been really good. I, You know, somebody pointed this out to me, too, while you bring up Gabriel Arias. Um, when I was at the Cactus game the other day, we were talking about player rankings and um, what goes into that and just evaluating players. And this guy points out to me that, you know, Gabriel Arias and Brian Rocchio – are both younger than a lot of guys who were drafted in this draft class this year. Like first round picks. Like I think, um, you know, Henry Davis, some of these college hitters that went in the first round, both Gabriel Arias and, and Brian Rocchio are younger than he is. And, you know, one's a triple A having a decent season and there's a double A looking like he's starting to break out. I think in terms of prospect evaluation, it gets lost that, a lot of these kids Cleveland has are super young. It's a super young system. And some of them are all the way at a higher level already and are producing. And that's why it's so easy to get excited about these shortstops. Interesting the, way to look at it. That same thing is the on Bo Naylor yet. You know, I know some people have gotten hard on Bo and I think it's way too early when he's 21 and he's in a league where he's three years younger than average. He shouldn't be here until he's 24. So he's already facing older, more mature, and theoretically advanced competition. Just relax and let's see how these guys do, especially after the, the year that they all had last year. Or should I say they didn't have? Right. He'll figure that out. Let's, let's uh, wrap up with some questions here. We've got a ton this week. Thanks to all of our wonderful listeners and people who are all over Twitter. Uh, following the show. Make sure I don't miss any this week. So if I miss one, let me know. Uh, where should we start? Let's see. Zach, Pino MVP, uh, he had two questions. So he asked about Oscar Gonzalez. How good does he have to hit to deal with his defense in the outfield at the major league level? Would it be better to have him in the outfield and Fran Mill DH or Fran Mill in the outfield and Oscar at DH? Um Joe, I think you might like Oscar Gonzalez more than the rest of us. So how um, how good does his bat have to be to put up with this defense? Not in the outfield, I don't. I was the guy no. that said he looks like a tree out there. I, I've heard he improved <laughs> since he left here, so I, I don't want to talk too bad on him. But I, I, he was always a guy that seemed like it was a motivation thing rather than an ability. Because I've seen him run the bases better than he runs in the outfield. So, like, it's not yeah. just a – like, I think Reyes, maybe it's more of a pure speed thing that he doesn't have. Uh, so maybe Oscar could. I think they're both DHs, and I really don't think that's one an experiment you want to run. I'm with you. Willie, what about you? Where are you at in Oscar Gonzalez? And how good how good is bad has to be to make up for the defense? <laughs> He'd have to be hitting at a high level to make up for the, the defense. And Joe's right. 
I've said to Joe that he's he does look like he's improved over the years. Definitely has a cannon of an arm. I wonder why he was never converted to catcher. Never mind. Um, you know what? I, I, <laughs> are you kidding? Because I feel like he started there. I gotta look this up now. <laughs> I thought Dude, that was, would be a huge. Thing. Anyways, I I think he's a builder. A, a pretty good comp with Harold Ramirez is a guy that's going to come up and swing and he's not going to take any walks. That's what you get with Gonzalez. I don't roster him to get to one of the other questions that are on. I don't roster him in the offseason. I, I would roster a guy like him and even Stephen Kwan because his ability to get on base offers speed defense. And we know that they like defense and the ability to play any of the outfield. Look at Miles Straw as an example. I, I, those two guys' additions, and I, I think Oscar Gonzalez won't be added to the roster. And if he is, it's because some some changes. I asked yeah. somebody a question about this this week in Lake County. Somebody who knows more about player development than I do, and I said, realistically, this wasn't this wasn't about Gonzalez. It was actually about Andy Pajes, who is an outfielder for Great Lakes and Dodgers system. Um, who is a very bad defender but has an 80-grain arm, so that's why he plays the outfield. I said, realistically, how how good do you have to hit? Like, how, what what is the lowest grade of defense that you can put on the field and get away with it because their bat's so good? And basically, Andy Pajes is like a 40-home run hitter with an 80-grain arm, so he can play right field. Um, but he's, a, he's like a 30 defender. Like, I, I watched him play this week against Lake County, and he – First, he misplayed. like It was a ground ball base hit. He totally misplayed it, and it went to the wall for a triple. And then I watched him with another ball hit to him that he, he tripped while trying to field, and that led, that led to another another triple. And I'm like, this guy literally has given up six bases with his defense today alone. Um, that's that's below I, – I don't I don't know if even Gonzalez is that bad. That Andy Pye's defense might be – Worse than no, Oscar I, I, Gonzalez. I think his is more not making mistakes, just not making the plays. But yeah. in the past, my question has never been about it, can he hit well enough. Like like this question is, can he hit well enough to make up for his fielding? It's always been, can he hit well enough to make up for the strikeouts and the poor base running? Like, <laughs> it, and, like and the strikeouts really aren't even the issue. It's the lack of walks. Like he he doesn't yeah. strike out a ton. He just doesn't walk. So the 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 margin for error is so low. Well, that's what I'll say. We've seen guys because they hit a ton of home runs and they do walk a lot, even though they strike out a lot. And at least Adam Dunn every once in a while could, you know, steal a home run or he played first base to, to save him some of those issues. I, I don't know that Gonzalez has those saving graces. He doesn't have any of those extra uh, bonus abilities that you would like to make up for his failings. I would agree. Like, okay, so Fran Reyes, for example, and is has a nine percent walk rate in the majors. It's almost ten. That's really good. Ten percent is, is fantastic. Uh, it's it's not bad. In the minors, he was like anywhere between six and ten percent at times. And Oscar Gonzalez has never walked more than okay. We're not going to count his um, four plate appearances in 2016 at Mahoning Valley, but. Other than that, he's never walked more than 6% of the time. That was way back when he was a 17-year-old in the Dominican. Um, 
so yes, it's not like Joe said. It's not as much about out hitting his bad defense. Like I think I don't think it's he's a he's a terrible defender. It's just he doesn't run well and he doesn't have a lot of range, so he doesn't make a lot of plays. He's got a great arm. That's the thing. He's got a great arm, but yeah, I just I don't see and, and to be a DH, you have to hit like crazy to be a DH like Reyes. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't see Gonzalez putting up Framil Reyes numbers in the majors just because of the lack of walks. Um, Grizz wanted to know if Cody Morris will make a start in Cleveland this year. I'm saying no, but you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw spaghetti at the wall and I'm gonna take Joe's idea. I'm gonna say Cody Morris gets some bullpen run this year. How about that? What do you, what, Joe? What do you think? Yeah, I think same thing. I mean, it, it, technically he could make a start, but it would be like a two inning start, I think. So oh, okay. I wouldn't, yeah. I, I wouldn't necessarily count that as a start. So yeah, I do think he could make an appearance this year, but probably he will not be a starter. I'm yeah. gonna say yes. I, I give him a start, one maybe one or two more in in Columbus, and I think we will see a brief audition whether it's out of the bullpen or as an opener, I don't know. But I, I do think we'll see him this year. That would be one of the most exciting things to happen in September, I think, this year, if that happens. Let's see. David Rawlings, 40-man roster predictions. How does the organization view Will Benson? Uh, I don't know if we can get into all the 40-man roster predictions today because that would be another hour that none of us have tonight, at least I don't have. Um, we talked about a few. We talked about Cody Morris and Joey Cantillo and – uh, I'm kind of talking to Vincent already and Gonzalez. Yeah. There's, there's five that we've already talked about. I, I think that they will roster um, defense, arm, speed, just for that very fact. And he has made some progress at the plate. Definitely somebody that has the tools and the ability to offer potentially elite defense or well above average defense in the outfield and possibility of playing any of the three spots, you know, it's hard not to roster a kid that's in AAA like that, that, that him and Oscar Gonzalez and Benson has the same type of power potential that Gonzalez does. Yeah. He's got every single one of those things we said Gonzalez doesn't have. (laughs) He has all those. (laughs) He just hasn't hit as well this year. I, I think he has potential to hit better. Let's, Let's put the two guys together somehow. They've been together their whole career. They kind of have, yeah. Except for the Dominican part. Yeah, if you could just give if you can give Will Benson Oscar Gonzalez the strikeout rate, Will Benson would probably already be in the majors by now, actually. That's like the only thing that's keeping him from there. He's doing he's still pretty well Columbus through eight games. I mean uh uh 226, 314, 452. Not bad for a 23 year old who really, you know, didn't barely only played a half season in high A and didn't do very well and then didn't get a chance to develop anywhere last year outside of that weird Texas league that maybe helped him. I don't know. But he was so bad there. I, yeah, he was terrible. But I remember him saying he played against a lot of ex big leaguers. So he faced mm-hmm. a lot of advanced competition there. So that could have helped him. A lot. As bad as he was, maybe that helped. I will say, boy, I don't know. I don't know. They've got to cut so much bait on the outfield. I'm going to say Benson's on the outside looking in for the outfield because I just don't think you can roster Valera and Quan and Zimmer and Straw and Reyes and 
they got to have Josh Taylor back on the 40 and um, Daniel Johnson. Like, unless, unless two, like, if you get rid of Johnson and Mercado, I'll say, yeah, you can add Benson. But my two for right now are Quan and Valera for this winter. I don't think, unless they clear an extra spot out there, those are the only two guys I think you can add. Otherwise, you don't have enough room, which is unfortunate because I think Benson will get taken if that's the case. I, you know what? I, and I don't even think Gonzalez will make it to the Rule 5 draft. I think he's a minor league free agent at the end of the year. So somebody might sign him uh, without even getting to that point just to see what he can do. Yeah, somebody take a chance on him just because of the arm and the power that he has. Right, and not and not risk not getting him in the Rule 5 draft. Like, just go out and sign him to a deal and with a major league invite to spring training and skip the uh, the whole 40-man issue with him. Especially, I think Joe, you said this more than once, especially if the National League has a DH next year. I don't know why you would not... If you're if your team that's not like going to be especially good next year, like the pirate the pirates, why wouldn't the pirates if they're going to have a DH next year? Why wouldn't they give Oscar Gonzalez a shot? They gave Kaya Thomas a shot. Yeah, that seems to be great. the best opportunity Same he would argument. get. But I don't know. Same argument: if Will Benson is available, then you take him in the Rule Five. Just let him develop as a pinch hitter or something like that. In the meantime. Yeah, there's so much value you can get out of him between base running and defense. So, and the walks. I don't know. Maybe they will put him on the roster. Maybe I'm overthinking it too much. I don't know. Will Benson to me is the hardest case to make um, about what's going to happen this winter. But we will have a whole episode on that sometime in October, I'm sure, when the uh, Cleveland Guardians are golfing. Uh, Cleveland Guardians fan, Seattle BB on Twitter, has so many questions, but he only asked a couple. Um, what's going on with Angel Martinez? He looked like a lock being moved up, and he's been sort of mad lately. And second, if you have time, any hope in pitching development fixing Mason Hickman? Uh, Willie, let's start with you and Angel Martinez. I know you – I think you were kind of big on Angel Martinez to start the year. Was that right? Yeah, I've, I've been high on Angel Martinez since they signed him. Um, high IQ player. He's only 19 years old, and, and I'm not too concerned about – I haven't watched a whole lot of Lynchburg this year. Um, I would guess it's probably fatigue. It's been a long season, and he's 19 playing in Lynchburg right now, you know. So I am happy with where he is and what he's produced so far this year. Uh, no alarms going off for me on him. Joe, what about you? You, I'm sure you saw Angel play a little bit when he was in – did he skip Arizona? Did he come from the Dominican? No, he was, he was here uh, – it just not officially. Uh, yeah, so he was here in 20, I think 2019 and 2020. Uh, so it would have been uh, 2019 extended spring and 2020 uh, instructs. And I found him to be the, the most well-rounded of his class, of that junior San Quentin uh, Gabriel Rodriguez class. I, he, he, he was definitely the most controlled hitter. He was not trying to hit for power, but his power has been decent this year. He, he's really maintained batting average has dropped a little bit so I'm not worried at all like like Willie said he's 19 give him a give him a minute I, I would not expect yeah. him to be promoted this year though so. yeah 21 then I'd say okay he may not be a prospect but I mean he's 19 and he's young probably two years young for the league I think he's doing mm-hmm. really 
Yeah, and he was not around last year for development. I mean, he wasn't part of the alternate site camp. He probably didn't get a chance to play much until, what, was he at Instructs last year? Yeah, yeah, so it, w- it was fall time when he That's, got back. Yeah. So, That's not- I think the length of the season comes into play for some of these young guys because they didn't have a development last year. Nothing officially, anyways. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about Angel Martinez. Uh, he'll be in Lake County next year, and he'll have a full year under his belt. I do think it's just, you know, the full season wearing him down. He's only striking out at a 19, almost 20% clip, which is a little bit higher than it was earlier in the year. But, you know, he's still running well. He feels well. Like Joe said, he's very well-rounded. He does a lot of things very well. I don't know if I'll ever hit for a ton of power, but. Um, high, high floor guy. Yeah, I mean, he, he's going to be a nice player for sure. Him and Jose Tina, to me, are both uh, interesting guys in what their future is going to be with a unique skill set. I'm not worried about Angel Martinez at all. And as far as uh, Seattle BB's Mason Hickman question, I, I don't think you got to worry about anybody getting fixed after one year. This is his first professional year. Um, he's had good starts and bad ones. I think it's just a matter of, of getting used to major league competition or my, you know, pro competition. And he doesn't throw above 91. I know the Indians were hoping they could kind of add a mile or two an hour to his velocity. They have not, but it's one year and he still has a fastball that has some upper top of the strike zone ride. And the curveball plays well off of it. I think it's just a matter of refinement of his other pitches. It's a tough league. It's a tough league. Uh, league for my is the Midwest League. I wonder if Hickman got in, and, and this is pure speculation, on, you know, but I wonder if he was in better shape. Not that he's in bad shape, but if he was in better shape, that little worked on long toss and stuff like that in the offseason, if he could pick up a few miles an hour. I suspect with his body type, his size, that he probably could, that he would have to do, and Cleveland would have to push, and, you know, they're all about partnering with pitchers and making them the best them that they are. So maybe it just means that he's a off-tossed fifth starter or a Dan Otero type of open arm. Yeah, he could wind up being a uh, an Adam Plutko down the road. That's kind of maybe his, his feeling. Maybe a little bit more if they're lucky, but yeah, nothing to worry about yet. I would say if we get to this point next year and he still looks like this, then yeah, I would say you got to start hoping there's something to fix him. But uh, after one pro season, I don't think you got to worry about fixing anybody. Um, this is a fun question. Quincy Wheeler asked, um, which prospects will be most likely to spend time in the Arizona Fall League? And whose development there will be most interest to you? And I know, Joe, you and I talked about this week, last week. Um, who did we say last week would be out there? I think I mentioned Valera, and I can't remember who else mm-hmm. we talked about. I, I did somebody, say somebody else. Yeah, I said Junkie. Uh, but now that he's come back, I wonder about Joey Cantillo. Uh, he's at the right level. He's pitched so little that I'm sure they want to get him some innings in. It's an easy way for him to pitch once a week. You're not on a once every five day schedule. They could do that. I, I think with that worse too. Yeah, I think any anyone who missed time with injury, but especially if you missed that much time with injury, it, it makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. I was also thinking uh, possibly Brian Lavastida if you want to, if, if you're talking about uh, next year's catcher, you know, like being able to make that jump. 
I, I will say, did, 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 breaking news, Gavin Collins was just promoted to the big leagues. So, Seriously? So, so much for that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Well, there's that. Cup of coffee. Good, good for him. I never, probably a guy that I never thought would ever make it. He was like a, he was a diamonds in the rough for us once. And yeah, that's what I said preseason this year. I, I wrote him up. Yeah. He's been, he's been, I mean, he was ranked at one time on the, on the old site. Um, Cause he had a at good year base. at Lake County, I think. Yeah. He's been a third baseman and I think he's played some first. I don't know. So I right, good yeah, for him. Didn't think he was a guy. So that's a, he could say he made it. Okay, so you're thinking maybe Noel, Cantillo. I think Cantillo makes a ton of sense for the missed time. I don't know, Adam Scott maybe as well. He missed a lot of time. I think the point you made last week, though, Joe, was that if a lot of these guys who are Rule 5 eligible this year, if they end up going to Arizona Fall League, that's a lot more exposure and development that you're getting them to other teams, so it makes the 40-man situation a little bit stickier. Do you, do you take that risk by sending them out? I mean, no, no one's changing their opinion of these players based on, I don't know, how many innings the pitchers usually throw in the fall league? Like, like four. No. <laughs> I mean, it depends. No, not, not very many because they, they have so many starters, they usually limit them to three or four innings a game once a week. Yeah, I mean, how much how much risk do you open yourself up to by putting some of these guys out there? And if if these guys you want to, you're not sure you're going to protect, you put them in, in the Arizona Fall League. You know, maybe that that puts them on somebody else's radar if they weren't there before. So mm-hmm. that's a tough question. Maybe that's where you send a, a Nick Miklochak or a. a a Nick Enright in there instead. Um, some of the guys that we would consider rated prospects, maybe some guys that are kind of, you want to next year um, exposure against high level talent. Cause those guys could be um, some options at some point next season. And, and Enright is forgot about earlier when we talked about bullpen options, but he's one that ceiling's not high, but he's somebody that could be of use next season. Yeah, Nick Enright's an interesting one. Jerson Ramirez is another guy, and Tim Heron, as far as relievers are concerned, could be a guy that I think I think one of Jerson Ramirez or Tim Heron ends up making it up to Akron at some point this year, just because I don't think Lake County's going to make the playoffs. So those are two names to watch out for from Lake County. Yeah, I would say there's a chance you can see Valera in the Arizona Fall League. Um yeah, you could you could do one of the catchers, Lavastida or, or or Bo Naylor, because both of them have really been lucky that they they're playing together this whole second half, so they can DH one day and catch the next, so their bodies mm-hmm. are not worn down from a full season of catching. Maybe Noel, yeah, maybe Adam Scott, maybe Cody Morris. Um, I definitely don't think you'll see PD helping or anybody or not PD helping uh, Daniel yeah, Steen or anybody like that. And usually there's some filler guys too, just because they have to make sure the roster has enough players to get through the year. So it's not yeah. Gavin usually Collins like, was there recently. Yeah, you'll have like one or two top prospects, and then maybe a position change, an injured guy. 
in a fill-in. Yeah. So this this is the part of the show where you tell us about Tony Walters, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, so in that start the other day with <laughs> uh, Ken, <laughs> there is one more. I forgot I just a question. Threw it up there, I just threw up another one on the sheet. All right, let's let's do the question real quick, and then we'll get to the. Uh... Right. I'll answer the question. How's that? Okay, go ahead. Um, I'll say it's going to be Connor. He you got to read the to the forty man roster. They can't read, read the question. Screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm dumb. So the the question is which double A starter to the rubber ducks? It's most likely to move Columbus to fill a spot on the Clippers rotation after the Brad Peacock traded, uh, and he says there could be a number of ways to go. And this is from Mad Thinker eighty eight. Longtime fan of the site. Appreciate him listening and asking questions. Yeah. Mike, I think it's going to be uh, Connor Pilkington because of his 40 man roster status this offseason. I'm saying nobody. I'm saying nobody goes up. I think they'll go with the They traded Peacock, so I don't know. I don't know who they need down there, but Akron could go with the six man rotation. So I'm going to say nobody goes up. Uh, the only like I'm looking at, it, looking at a little bit is Juan Hillman, because he's old. Just I mean, if anybody you know, if anybody deserves it based on age and 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 seniority and performance, it's definitely Juan Hillman. Yeah, I mean he's been decent, but not anything special this year. He can go out there and yeah. get you regular starts at least, if they're just looking for a well, fill in. I mean, yeah, Columbus is just playing out the string. They're not anywhere near the playoffs. Akron is, so I guess we'll find out. All right, that's all the questions. There's no surprise ones. What do we? What do we? What is the Tony Walters story, Joe? I, that's a. You know how Tony Walters uh, got his position changed? Yeah, he was an infielder, and then Terry Francona said he should catch, and then started catching. Well, but do you remember what Francona said? I don't specifically know. He, he said something along the lines of, why is that guy playing second? He looks like a... They're wow. like, oh, he never caught before. Let's try it. <laughs> and uh, so Victor Planchart started at first base the other day, and he did a couple times when he was in the Dominican Summer League, but this was his first time in Arizona to play first base. And I'm looking at this dude who's 5'8". Five, eight, five, eight. He's listed at 5'8". When he's standing next to other baseball players, he looks... 410 and I, I don't think they credit him with an error but he definitely had one error that didn't get credited and then every other throw it seemed he's jumping off the base to catch these high throws and I I've never seen a guy more where I go that guy does not look like a first baseman it just doesn't fit and it reminded me of the Tony Walters thing because I don't want to like body shame somebody <laughs> but I've been watching Junior St. Quentin there all year and he looks like a first baseman like he's <laughs> He's got He's the build, big. and and and, uh, and St. Quentin was playing third base, so I think part of it was they wanted to get him some time over at third still, and not just forget about that. But I, I definitely think St. Quentin's full time first baseman for the rest of his career, and plan to probably stay behind the plate. I missed half of that because somebody tried to call me while you were recording, so I missed half. Oh, of okay, back after the story. No, I. I I wrote I, the the whole Walters thing looking like a catcher bothered me when he said it to the point where I wrote an article at the time 
where I took the height and weight of every single starter for the Indians in their entire history and put it on a chart. It is an actual, like, it makes sense. Like, certain players are certain sizes in certain positions, and it, it did correlate a bit, which oh. is why Sandy Alomar looks so weird because he was too tall. Because he's six for four. Yeah, if yeah, he, he Ron, said like, Oscar Gonzalez was a catcher, he's six four two forty. If he's still if he's a catcher, that's a Sandy no, Alomar. First base, catcher. first base would make sense for him, but Ronnie Belliard was the other big outlier I remember because you don't usually have a, a big boy playing second. That's why he was my <laughs> yeah, hero. He was, I I enjoyed a lot of Ronnie Belliard. Even yeah, those are good years. All right. Um, Willie, this designation goes to you this week. Since uh, Joe and I were both on the podcast last week, we can't pick. Um, last week's Player of the Week picks. I picked George Valera and Adam Scott. Joe picked uh, Milan Tolentino and Austin Aldino. George Valera last week, uh, 7 for 22 with four RBIs. Or RBI. Sorry, it's not RBIs. Adam Scott, six innings, seven strikeouts, and earned run, a walk, uh, four hits allowed. Marlon Tolentino, 5 for 21, a double, 5 RBI. And Austin Aldino had seven strikeouts in four innings. He hit two batters and allowed a hit. Who gets the win for last week? It's a tough one. Very close. I, I was just looking at this before you asked. Very close, but I'm going to give the nod to Joe because he with two young players, and it paid off for him. Congratulations to the champion. There we go. I- I need it because I'm not on the show very often, and uh, it adds up. It's everybody versus. I should have picked. I should have picked Torre Burgos. <laughs> yeah, I had no. That was before he got promoted. I was assuming Tolentino was going to be hitting that in Arizona, and then immediately after the show, he got promoted. So, Justin will FedEx you the title belt. Okay, <laughs> good. Next week, I'm zipping it up as we speak. You can take a picture of it. <laughs> All right, well, that puts the standings. I've got six wins this year, and Joe's got two and Caleb's got two, so that gives everybody else two, four, five, six, seven. So it is seven to six. Everybody else is beating me. Uh, Do we want to try it again this week? Do you guys have any picks ready? Yeah, I got good ones. Go ahead. Again, if if you thought last week was risky, uh, my hitter this week is Dion Frias. He's heating up. All right. He's going to do it. Okay. Uh, the pitcher is less risky. It's Aaron Davenport. I like it. Long-haired, uh, freaky people need not apply. All right, Willie, who are you taking two, this week? Two of my favorites, Daniel Espino and Oh, look Petey at that. He's going that. He's a popular that train is getting full, man. <laughs> that, that train for the Petey Halpin movement is, is getting awfully full these days. <laughs> I, I, I can't catch on at this point. I, I like it. I saw, I saw him play yesterday. He was good. I just think the train's too far off the track for me to catch up now. <laughs> Everyone loves the guy. I, I hope they send him to the Fall League now. Just so <laughs> I got to catch up with you guys. <laughs> yeah. Petey Halpin. Uh, I'm going to go with Xavier Curry because he's a steady performer. And I'm going to go with Jose Tina. He is having a good month of August. Uh, he had a couple of couple of rough games this week, but he hit another home run and he had a day off. So 
I, I like Jose Tina, and he is one of the guys who will probably not be out of the 40-man roster that probably gets traded this winter for positional health, and I'll be disappointed because I really like Jose Tina. It's a bummer. Anything else, guys? Did I miss anything? Are we ready to get out of here? Is that it? I don't know. There's all that stuff about Bill Vick, but I think you're going to save that. Yeah, Vick sounds like an off-season conversation for sure. He's an interesting guy. I only I only read Beck is in wreck. I have not read anything else yet. So if you have I, any I recommendations read, like, besides that. The, the one I'm reading now is uh, Hustler's Handbook, but he's also heavily featured in the Lou Boudreaux. Uh, bi- I think it's a biography that I read. And there's, there's a few others. Like he's always in there. He's always in talks. I got a book about just 1954. Uh, that's pretty Ooh. fun. I am way behind on baseball books, as I said last week. Willie, anything to add before we get out of here? Not a thing. <laughs> he's he's busy studying for the 2022 draft class. That's right. Yeah, that was Good another one, one of the questions. You didn't include that question. Oh, what's that? Let's see. I don't know. Somebody said uh, asked if it was too early to start looking into the 2022 draft, and I said that you guys could talk about it, but I, I'm not going to. Oh, that was – that was uh, Nunzio Izzo. He said, "Are we talking twenty-one draft class?" Maybe he went twenty. Maybe he meant twenty-two. Oh, I thought I he know. said I twenty-two. Think... My bad. I could talk twenty-one. Oh, a little bit. Damon Cassetta Stubbs actually exists. Have you seen him? No, he's just on the roster. Maybe tonight. We'll see. All right. Well, Joe's going to be in Arizona tonight, so uh, follow him for pictures and proving people exist in Arizona. Loving the heat. I know uh, Zach. Oh, you know, Zach wanted to know what's behind your profile picture. I just told him that was your skin from watching all that baseball in the desert. Yeah, that's very rude. Uh, <laughs> that is my tortoise. Uh, he is a uh, J.O.K. Lone Salcata from Africa, and his name is Rigby. I've had him for longer than I've had my daughter. So. And he will probably outlive you, correct? That's how yeah, long that they live. The general, right? the general idea. But I, I like that. He's he's much cuter than I am. Uh, if it's offensive, I could change it to animal. <laughs> I like it. I, I had a Russian tortoise several years ago, and when I bought the Russian tortoise, the guy sold it to me and said, you know he's going to outlive you, right? And I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> I didn't know. I, I gave him away. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know. Uh, he's probably still going to outlive me, so that's fine. I don't have any cool pets right now, but I do love turtles. Um, yeah, so follow Joe uh, at Arizona tonight. In, are they in good year tonight? Yeah, I'm not going on the road anymore this year, I don't think. Maybe to Glendale. We'll see. Just for the playoffs. But, yeah, they're playing Brewers <laughs> Blue at uh, home tonight. Okay. So, IBI underscore Joe. Uh, you can follow Willie at W-I-L-L-H-O-O-99. You can follow me at JL underscore baseball. And the IBI account, official underscore IBI, for a few more months until it's official underscore GBI. And you can listen to the podcast or, you know, subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff. Uh, Tell us if you like it. Tell us how we can improve. Uh, Guys, thanks for joining me this week and uh, talk to you all soon.